You're listening to The G-Factor with Lauren and Tony, a weekly microcast offering a variety of unique ways to market your business or organization. Now, without further ado, here are the hosts of G-Factor, Lauren Doherty and Tony Van. Okay, Lauren. So today we're going to talk about something really important. Uh, it has to do with uh, two people talking in front of a camera or online. Uh, it has to do with the being part of an interview. Yes, exactly. So I don't think we've really ever touched on this. And it's something that, you know, we talk to our clients about or kind of coach them through. But yeah, TV interviews, whether in person, like in the studio, or as you are still continuing to see um, interviews that are conducted in one's office or home, like a remote interview, which is really what I want to touch on, because I keep seeing these things that are like really honestly bothering me, and I think yeah. could be improved. So and I'm like, we've been doing this for a couple of years, if not longer, like, why are people still doing these things? So I we should, sort of, we should be better at this, sort right? Of talk we about it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. This, when we were talking about this, this always reminds me of the, I think it was like literally in the pandemic where there was like a news reporter on and super serious. And like her little kid goes back behind her a couple of times and like starts bringing her notes or whatever. I, that's always funny to me. Oh yeah. There were so, so many like you know, crazy things, you know, like that you saw happen. And, you know, definitely at the beginning of the pandemic when everyone was very fresh or maybe never like you Zoom before some crazy things, but these are probably a little bit more simple, but just kind of some tips to zhuzh it up a little bit. So yeah, I guess, you know, since we're already talking about it, um, let's talk about Um, If you are going to do a live or even a recorded interview for TV, but you are remote, so you're in your office at home or your, you know, real office at work, just a few tips and things to think about. The biggest one for me is the angle of the camera. So I still see a lot of um, unflattering, if you will, angles and a lot of shots going like low to high where they're shooting up people's noses, which is probably my number one pet peeve. Like you can tell, you can set up your, if you're using your phone or if you're using your camera on your computer, you might need to put like a riser under your computer. Or if you're using your phone, you you, like one of those little desktop um, holders or, you know, a tripod. There are so many little devices that you can even get on Amazon that are super simple. Get something to properly hold your device at the right height. Um, adjusting your chair height can help, but don't make yourself uncomfortable either. Like don't put a phone book, you know, in your seat and sit on it and think this works because you'll be so uncomfortable the whole time. It won't work. So adjust the camera height to be a good flattering angle where we're not getting, you know, something really awkward. Um, the other big one for me, I think is, um, really the lighting. So, yeah. If you need to position, you know, a, a ring light or if you need to move closer, if you have a, a light and window or if you have a lamp, you know, think about the lighting. We don't sometimes you see shots where it's really, really dark and it's almost hard to see the person, which is crazy also. Um, but also you see even more so shots that are really blown out. So they, mm-hmm. they might be sitting too close to the window or like the glow of their own screen is really white and bright. 
So think about those things too. And again, like if you need a ring light or a supplemental light, you can get that on Amazon or, you know, local stores really easily, really cheap. And it's worth it. It will make your shot look much more professional. Yeah, absolutely. And just like with anything else, you know, we talk about this with photography and just a bunch of different things anyway, but think about your background, you know, Mm -hmm. make sure there's nothing distracting in the background. I see, you know, some really great little setups people have done in their home office or their office. And then I see some where it's like all their papers look like they've just been in a whirlwind behind them, you know, or you see other people walking by or walking into the shot. Um, There's a lot of things that can kind of happen. So if you need to like shut your office door, put a note on it, like don't come in, you know, all of those things, but just be mindful of kind of your setup in the background, maybe a nice piece of art, make sure everything's clean. Maybe it's a bookshelf that's kind of styled with a little bit of color back there. And like, I think secondary, like my last option would be a virtual background, Mm -hmm. which you can definitely tell when someone has one. But if that's your only option to keep things, you know, non-distracting and like looking nice, then go for it. Yeah. Um, You know, I would rather see that, you know, you can kind of tell like the green screen, like the cutout look of the person a little bit, especially when you move, just try to be pretty still when you're on. Um, but I would much rather kind of see that little bit of a distraction than, you know, a bunch of stuff in the background that's either inappropriate or distracting. And kind of the last thing is, you know, just like any other like live interview, um, make sure, you know, no one can barge in, make sure, you know, if you are at home, if you have kids or pets that they aren't, you know, making noise or distraction or significant other roommates, whatever that is. Um, so quietness, obviously, um, make sure if you do have like your computer up and you're maybe using that for notes, make sure that the volume is down. Like, so you don't hear your email ding and stuff like that. Um, as well as if you have your cell phone sitting there, make sure it's on silent, kind of all of the usual things, make sure it's quiet and no distractions or pop-ups are going to happen in the middle of the interview. So those are kind of the remote, um, tips and tricks, And I think some of the in-person that we'll go over here in a minute will carry over on a few things, but those are just really specific to remote. Yeah, those are excellent. I think the only things that I might want to chip in or add a little bit are, uh, you kind of mentioned at the end is make sure your sound is uh, on point. I mean, the people obviously want to uh, see you, but also hear you. And so, you know, make sure that you've tested that out, whether it's a boom mic like I use or, you know, earbuds or just open mic, just make sure that's uh, good. And then the second thing I always tell folks is, um, you know, try it out before you actually do the interview. I mean, if you're using some sort of, um, you know, virtual background, hopefully you're not, but if you are, you know, make sure that it doesn't look too weird or there's some jaggedy on it. Uh, Same thing, you know, your background ideas, your real background ideas are fantastic. You know, make sure that you really look at your background. I mean, you might put something really fantastic, but then there's a book that may be objectionable in the back or a picture that you have your family that you may not want, Mm -hmm. you know, public, whatever that looks like. Um, And then finally, this is kind of my pet peeve. And I feel like basically it just become a little casual is when people take uh, professional media interviews uh, via Zoom in their car while they're driving. Yes, it's really bad. You know, I mean, you you think, well, it's a, a cell phone. Well, there's road noise. And even if you're not driving, you know, there's uh, things happening in the background or, you know, whatever. So 
don't do that. Please, please don't take no. a, you know, a zoom media, you know, news media call, um, in the, in the car. So those, no. those would be my kind of three additions to your excellent points concerning a, a virtual or a, a zoom type of, um, media interview for sure. So. Yeah. And the one thing about testing besides testing your own sound and like the setup and everything, if you might want to go ahead and like, if you are using zoom, just for instance, um, and they send you a link or even the night before, make sure your zoom is not going to be running an update or like you get delayed. This is something you can't be late for. So I know this happens to me. Sometimes I'll get to jump on like a teams or a zoom and it's like, Oh, your software has to update. And I'm like, Oh no, I I have one minute, you know, join the call. So make sure that stuff work is working too. So that's another good thing to kind of remember to test, uh, make sure there's no updates or, you know, something happened and uninstalled from your computer or something crazy. So just kind of double check those things. Great point. Great um, point. Yeah. So let's move on, I guess, to in-studio. So we are talking mainly TV, but these could, if you are going on a radio show, some of these would be appropriate for that too. Um, A couple of my things, you know, just for speaking is make sure that you are relaxed and act like you are having a normal conversation. So um, there's kind of three buckets here, but we'll talk about speaking, body language, and then answering some questions and kind of how to. But I think first and foremost is just thinking about at home, um, kind of practicing, or if you're practicing Q&A, do these things as you practice. So the relaxation, have a conversation, you know, even if you're asking yourself questions, make sure you're creating a point of eye contact. Um, And then when you are speaking, making sure that you articulate your words. So slow down a little bit of your normal pace, probably from how you have a, you know, conversation with your friends, Um, but articulate, slow down, relax are my three big speaking points. That's great. I think that's really important because we all get excited, whether we're on TV or radio or a podcast even, um, and you, you get excited and you don't realize that when you're doing that, you are slurring through words or maybe not, you know, making a linear sense that you probably want to convey an idea. So that's, that's really important. That's great. Yeah. And I think that comes from too, you feel a little bit rushed, you know, that's only a three, four minute segment, whatever it is. So you're, you kind of start to talk faster. One, you might be a little bit nervous, which fine, everyone is. And then two, you feel like you're in a rush to get all of your points across, you know, Mm -hmm. so it just kind of happens naturally. So it's easy to do. Yeah, Um, for sure. So let's talk about body language, because I think this is the second big thing that can really make or break. And this is, this goes for the remote interviews as well. Um, Make sure that you are attentive. Um, I would say that, you know, generally with most every topic that we're kind of talking about, we're not really talking about a crisis situation in interviews. This is more of a feel good or an educational type story and interview. A crisis would be handled differently. So don't take this advice in a crisis situation, but make sure that you're attentive. So if you are not speaking at the time or answering a question, make sure that you're paying attention to the reporter or if there's another guest, if they are speaking, that you're paying attention to them. So adjust your head, look at them, you know, um, just like you would in a normal conversation, pretend like the camera is not there at that point. Yes. 
And in that same sense, make sure that you're smiling or looking pleasant. So the thing that gets people a lot is they feel like the camera looks really small, but it shoots really wide. Yeah, super wide. Very surprising. So you'll see this if you kind of pay attention, even with anchors at the desk, they'll think they're not on camera, but they still are. And you'll see that facial expression change or like the relaxation, and then it'll quickly pan back to them and they come back on, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Remember that because when the camera shoots really wide, you are probably still on camera, even though you think you aren't. So you know, make sure you don't look like you suddenly get mad or distracted or not paying attention because you're likely still on camera. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I always call this the kind of dead Muppet um, syndrome. In other words, like Muppets talk, 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 talk. And then all of a sudden, you know, when it's off, it just kind of sits on the hand. That's what it looks like (laughs) to me. I mean, you're just like, oh, did that person just go to sleep or what happened? Yeah. Yeah. It's like robot on, robot off. Right. Exactly. Power up, power down. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I think another one is to be as comfortable as possible. So if you all don't know, I mean, Tony and I are both pretty tall people, I would say. And it's funny, um, you know, a lot of the TV sets, I feel like unless they have the like bar height chairs, you know, and that kind of style, but their conversation areas, I feel like is always very low for very low. And so, Mm -hmm. so I feel like my knees are up to my, you know, chin. Well, that might happen to a lot of you too. So to kind of remedy that and look a little bit more um, appropriate and look a little more alive, I feel like, like you're, you're a little bit more on point scoot toward the front of the couch or the chair and like sit up straight. Don't scoot your, you know, back and booty all the way back into the chair or the couch because then you'll look kind of slouchy. Um, So sit towards the front and um, cross your legs or your ankles if necessary. You know, ladies, if you're wearing a skirt or something, just be mindful of that. Um, Kind of the side seat is recommended or, you know, wear pants or something that's longer. Um, because the furniture can sometimes be a little bit difficult to navigate. And the same thing goes for, you know, the bar height stool. Sometimes it's like, okay, my feet are just swinging. There's no bottom bar to rest my feet or, you know, there's some, there's just some adjustments there. So kind of think of that when you're scoping out, you know, in your kind of pre either when you walk in or you kind of watch the show before kind of think about that and how you'd like to be seated and present yourself because it, can make you look either not attentive or not interested if you're kind of slouching or, you know, you're not very engaged. So your body language says a lot, not just about, it's not just about the words you're saying. So that's kind of a big thing. Um, The the other thing is try to avoid overusing hand gestures. So we never want to look like the used car salesman and a little bit is fine. I mean, you want to look like, again, you're engaged and, you know, interested and passionate about what you're talking about. But when you start going really crazy with the hand gestures, it becomes really distracting for the viewer. Um, If you're kind of like, I don't know what to do with my hands, um, rest them on your lap, kind of cross them over. Um, If you are at a table, you know, you can always like rest them on top of the table or right below. And generally, you know, like just kind of one over the other, kind of keep your fingers together. And then if you need to use your hand a little bit here and there, that's fine. But that will kind of keep your hands grounded. So, yeah, 
I think that's really important too, because, um, you know, once again, we all get nervous, right? I mean, you have to be an experienced um, expert in media interviews to really kind of calm that down because a lot of that is, um, you know, subconscious uh, in what you're doing. I mean, you just do it. I mean, I'm doing it right now while I'm talking, you know, I mean, you, you got to be real careful about that. So uh, it's a good point. Good point. So. Yeah, I think that is, I agree. It kind of goes back to that little bit of nervousness and just in your daily life, you might be a very animated person. So just kind of finding a happy medium there. My last one is, unless you are told otherwise, you're going to be looking at the interviewer, not at the camera. So you will see sometimes when people kind of get like these stare into the camera and this is like, I don't know how else to explain it except for they look terrified or they look creepy and they get like a deer in headlights look and they're just staring straight into the camera, not saying anything. That is not what you want to look like. So again, it goes back to, you know, having a normal conversation with the interviewer or if there is like another guest with you, you know, looking at them, making eye contact with them, like you are having a conversation. Yeah. Now, that's that's like breaking the fourth wall. Don't don't stare into the camera. Yeah, it's pretend like it is not there. Um, you know, the only time I would say that they would ever have you look into the camera if it would be and you kind of see this sometimes like sometimes there'll be a guest on and the reporter will be like, "Well, take us into the break," like kind of joking around or doing a tease. That would be the only time that you would appropriately look into the camera. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I have a funny story about that, which I'll be very quick about it. But uh, back in uh, 2001, when the World Trade Center went, uh, there was a big blood drive at OSU where I worked. And they didn't have a reporter that could come out, but they sent a uh, camera person. And so I actually uh, served both as the interviewee. <laughs> and then I turned to the gentleman with the Oklahoma Blood Institute because we were doing a blood drive. And I became the interviewer. And so uh -huh. it was very interesting. So it was a channel nine morning. And uh, so I was like, I'll tell you everything. And I was looking in the camera and then I turned and that's a very rare, I don't know that I've ever done that other than that, but uh, it was very rare to do that. But yeah, yeah it's, so. it's a DIY story, which for mm -hmm. a PR professional, I mean, what more can you ask for? Right. But, yeah, yeah, basically also yeah. awkward. <laughs> yeah. Super awkward. So I just have a couple of other points, which is really about, you know, when you're getting into answering questions. So prior to, you know, this interview, hopefully you've prepared some talking points, um, kind of thought about some questions that may be asked and prepared some answers and or as well as prepared um, the reporter with the information that you're also delivering. So everyone's on the same page, right? So we're that's what we're going to start with. Um However, once you get, you know, on set or these can go for, you know, the digital um, interviews as well, the remote interviews, make sure that you are listening to the reporter's questions. It is easy to just kind of have all those talking points floating around in your head. And then they ask a question and you kind of aren't listening. You just start delivering all these talking points. And then the viewer is like, this doesn't make sense. You know, the answer they just gave is not what they ask. Right. Um, so that can be um, a little bit of something to be careful about. And the, the other big one for me is just, also, if you have kind of a lot of thoughts and things you want to get out in a short amount of time, it's easy to also kind of start just running on 
But that is hard for the listener, as well as if this maybe is something that is being taped and not live, if they go back and try to edit this down, that's difficult. So answer briefly, um, be clear and to the point in your sentences so that if part of your answer gets cut or edited out, it would still make sense to use the first one or two sentences. So yeah, yeah, be brief, but be clear, you know, answer to the point. Um, the other thing is, and if you kind of, this does not happen a lot, but if the reporter asks a couple of questions at once, like maybe they are kind of like getting a little hurried and they ask you two or three things, and that's a little bit hard to remember everything, answer the easiest one. So let's just say you're asked two or three kind of rapid fire questions. Like now where's the event? What time? When? How much does it cost? Blah, blah, blah. Like give me all the details. Well, surely you'll know your event details, but pick out the easiest one. Well, it's Saturday, you know, March 30th and go to this website for more information. So that would answer all those questions. It's the main two things that the the people watching need to know, but answer the easiest one. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I was going to say the same thing that, you know, know your content and know your talking points. So no matter what they basically ask, you do engage them, but you do come back to the basics, which often tend to be, like you say, time, place, and website. Websites are huge all the time. So, And I think, and this one is hard. I, even on the podcast, I I do this, I'll say, um, or, uh, or, you know, a filler word, and this takes practice. But if someone is asking you a question and you don't know the answer, it's easy to use some of that filler either while you think of the answer or decide what am I going to do here? Um, I see, I just said, I said, um, so I think that the best thing, if you do not know the answer, like pretty quickly to the question that you're asked, it is okay to say, I don't know, or I'm not sure. And then follow with something you do know from your key talking points. Um, if this is being taped, it's a good opportunity to say, I'm not sure, but let me get back to you and I'll have you this answer by, you know, X time. If it is live, though, you don't really have that luxury. So you can, again, say, I'm not sure, but here's blah, blah, blah that I do know. Or I can answer that later. I don't have this that information at this time. So. That's probably yeah. one of the biggest um, questions that I get asked is, what if I don't know the answer? And it happens. It's fine. You don't, you're human. You're not going to have every answer that someone, you know, may think uh, right. for a question they ask. So that's okay. Don't worry about that. Yeah. And it's much better to say, I don't know, or I'll find out than make something up on the fly. And then yes. you get a real problem at that point. So exactly. Those are I- good. I think that pretty much covers it for the 101, honestly. Um, And I know that's a lot. So there's some body language information there. Um, We talked about how to answer questions and then just general kind of speaking tips, which are pretty easy. And then all the remote interview little tips for setting up your shot like a professional. So I think that that's a, that's a pretty heavy 101, honestly. That might be like a 101 slash 201 there. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Well, and the, the reality, I mean, it's kind of a joke. I don't want to end this on a, on a dumb note here, but, 
you know, Lauren, when you and I started, and of course, when I started, you know, really your options were basically uh, interview with a newspaper, interview with TV or interview with radio. I mean, that's, that's basically what you tried to right. do. And now, uh, you know, technology is uh, obviously more savvy. The consumer is more savvy. There's just a lot of added things. So although I totally agree that this is maybe beyond 101, the reality is that I think that the uh, industry and the opportunities have changed. And so, you know, this is the new 101, which is, you know, kind of the uh, Kennedy-Nixon situation in the 60s, which is people expect uh, interviews to be engaging and or entertaining. And, uh, and if you're not, then basically you're out. I mean, that's, that's the problem, you know, that's, that's the situation. So. Yes, definitely. And attention spans are so short, you know, so you only have, you know, the interview might be three or four minutes, but if you don't captivate the audience in the first 30 seconds or less, you know, they're, they're tuning out. So it's, it's, it's a much different atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't say that. Yeah. I, I wasn't listening. I, I got distracted. What did you say? <laughs> exactly. I, I spoke for more than seven seconds. Yeah, and right. <laughs> That's right. So no, this is great. Uh, I hope everyone will uh, take this to heart if you have an upcoming interview or uh, something like that. And then, of course, not to do too much of a push, but uh, always remember that uh, the Guild is available to help you in any type of um, PR or media relations or anything like that. So, um, And I'll wrap it up. Uh, I'm Tony Van. And I'm Lauren Gordy. And this has been the G Factor Podcast. Thank you for listening to G Factor. For more episodes, additional information, and a way to connect with Lauren and Tony, visit theguildfactor.com.